We're starting from the Mishnah on the bottom of Mem Dalit Amid Bey. It says the Mishnah, What happens to the ox? It's leaving the courthouse to be stoned right now. It's been condemned for death. And now the, the owner is Makdash it. So once there's a Kumar Din, so, so, so at this point, the Mishnah says it's too late. It does not become consecrated. The Kumar will explain this a little bit coming up. The meat is Asr. We darshan v'layachal's Pesar is that the meat is totally Asr and not after the Kumar Din. But if before the verdict was reached, the owner was Magdashit. So then Allah is Mokdash. It does become consecrated. If you shechted it before the verdict, the meat would be Mutter because the Chalais of the Isr, the Isr on the body, is only after the sentence is already over. Uh, continues the mission to a new point. What happens if an owner of an animal trusts somebody else to? Uh, to guard his animal. He gives it to either someone that he's paying to watch or someone that he's not paying to watch, uh, to a renter, someone who, or, or perhaps to a borrower. All these cases, the shomer takes the place of the owner, meaning if it causes damage, then it's the shomer who is responsible for the damage because now he has agreed to watch it. So clop that, he's considered to be the owner. Mu'ad, he pay full damages. For a time, he would pay half damages. Before the verdict has been reached, if the owner tries to sell it, it is sale. The sale is valid. So what we mean to say is that it will go through at this point, and for the plowing that will that will go that will happen now, the person who bought it has the right to use it for plowing. It does not mean that it will necessarily protect it from from being stoned, right? We saw in the previous sugir yesterday that 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 the rabbanon hold that the ox can be stoned, but akupanim the sale will go through, and it will mean that all the plowings and everything that it will work will be valid now. If he consecrates it, it become hektish. Same thing will be chal the hektish now. If he slaughters it, the meat is mutter for benefit because again, it's before the gemara did. If a shomer returned it to the owner's domain, meaning it was given to a shomer to watch, and the shomer did not watch it well and it killed somebody, but before it was sentenced, the shomer returned it to its owner. Mulser, it's considered to be returned. Meaning to say, the Shomer is, is exempt from liability, even though eventually the, the court will execute it. At the present moment, it's a regular, valuable shard. So even though it has this horrible sentence that might come to it, but before the Gemara Dina, if he returns it, it is Moksar. However, Mishnah Gemara Dina, once the verdict has been reached, if you try to sell, it's not sold. And the reason is, now it's totally Osir Ba'ana, cannot plow, cannot do anything whatsoever. It doesn't become hectish. It's Yisuri Ha'ana, it means Yisuri you don't have any sense of ownership. If you slaughter it, the meat becomes Asr Bahana. If the Shomer tries to return it now, it's not returned because he's returning it. Something has no value, and in his Chiv to return to the Bailam, it's something that has value. Even if the, 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 the guilty verdict has already been reached, when the Shomer returns it, he's considered that he has returned it. So Rabbi Yaakov seems to be saying, even though it has no value, but I'm returning the ox, so then it's considered return. There's no other liability that the Shomer has to the owner. What's the root of that dispute between Rabbi Yaakov and the Rabbanon? If he returns it after the Gemara did, if the owner can be to him for more. We don't say, So what does this mean? He has to return it. The Shomer's obligation is to return. So what if he returns the same thing and as it is intact, the way it was given to him. Now, it happens to be that it became Asr Ba'ana, but the Yisri is not in the physical makeup of the thing. The physical makeup of the thing is exactly the same. All that has happened is that there is some sort of 
there's some sort of halacha, halachic status, which has changed about the thing. So that's what's called saying, here is your thing in front of you. Could I say that or not? Rabban would say, I cannot. Lamaisa, even though physically it looks the same, but it's a different thing. Before the before the Mandana, after the Gemara is completely different. Rabbi Yaakov says, you could say, that could be returned. Everyone holds, you could say, let's say I gave chametz um, over some, uh, to, to, to someone to watch, or let's say a thief, a thief stole chametz before Pesach. So what would the question be? Could he return? Uh, could he return after Pesach and say, hey, I'm returning your stolen thing? Or do we say no? Now there's no value then you're not doing a good a, a good of Ashava. So the Gemara is saying, everyone holds you could say Ereshul Fanacha, because if it wasn't that way, then they should have they should have stated their Machlokas, nothing to do with Sharmud, but just like another example of Chametz Pesach. What they're arguing about is, could the Gemara didn't be, be brought on the ox when it's not in front of the ox? Meaning, do we need the ox in there in order for the verdict to be reached? Yeah, we need the ox. So therefore, the owner says to the Shomer, to Amar Lehi, you messed up. Yeah, Adrian Ali, had you returned to the ox to me, I would have... I would have found the loophole in the law. I would have hidden it out in the swamp, away from the eyes of the court. The court would never have been able to sentence this ox, and everything would have been okay. That's what would have happened, and you returned it to me. The hashrat was the turbiada. You handed over the court. You delivered my ox, and you gave it over in hands. You gave it to the hands of someone that I could not able to retrieve it. So our brethren are agreeing that be'etem, you could say when you return the item. But what they're saying is that you handed over the ox to the court. You did a positive act of damage. You did it to be a dime. If you wouldn't have returned it over to the court, you wouldn't have been able to condemn it. And um, and therefore, you're liable for the action of handing it over to the court. The court doesn't need the ox to find the Gemar Din. They can find the Gemar Din even if the ox is not there. And therefore, the Amar Leh, the Shomer says to the owner, so, so, at the end of the end, they always would have been able, they always would have been able to uh, find the ox uh, guilty, even if the ox wouldn't have been there. So therefore, I didn't do anything wrong by giving it over to the court. So my time to where do we get the Rabbanon's opinion that you need the ox there? It says, We've seen this a few times, that just as the procedure <coughs> as a person for to put him to death, so too for the ox's death. Just as the court can only try the owner in front of him, he has to be present there the murderer has to be in court for, in order to be tried. Afsharbafanam, so to the trial for the ox can only take place in his in the presence of the owner. In the presence of the ox. The reason why you need the owner there, they're capable of making a taina. They can defend themselves, so they have to be there. It's not fair that we should we should uh, we should make a verdict on them if they're not there. El is an ox capable of making a taina. So what's the shot? Uh, that we should, what, there should be no reason whatsoever to require the ox to be there. Okay, now we continue on to the next part here in the Mishnah, where the Mishnah said, if you give it over to the, all the people who watch, uh, watching your animals, so they are the ones who pay for the damage. Four people who take the place of the owner. Hargu, if they kills while it was under their jurisdiction, Tamim, if it was a Tam, Nerogin, then it gets put to death. Upturim and Akofer. The Shomer is potter from paying the Kofar. So what's the point? Because if it's a Tam, then uh, then no one, you never pay Kofar. So just if it was a Bailam one to pay the Kofar, so to the Shomer doesn't have to pay the Kofar. However, Muad, if there was an ox that was Muad and Harogin, so then it's put to death. 
And in addition, they have to pay the kofar. And in addition, besides for paying for the damage, now we talk about their liability that they didn't guard what they were supposed to guard. Meaning, the first day they pay the victim, that's point one. But now point two is that they have to pay the original owner for the ox that they were supposed to watch. They're obligated to pay the value of the shard to the owner. With the exception of an unpaid shomer, he is not obligated. The unpaid shomer is not liable to the owner. What's the pshat? What's the case? Even after, if the case is that the shomer guarded the ox, or if he would not live here, all the other shomer should also be exempt from reimbursing the owner. In other words, if the shomer guarded the ox, so what happens? So it's sort of like an owner has happened. So then there's no reason that that uh, that any of these people should be responsible back to the owner. the loan if they didn't guard it, after the shomer so negligence. Even the shomer should pay. Shomer chinam the Allah is that he, he pays for negligence. He doesn't pay for Kneva Vaveda if it was stolen or lost, but he pays if he was negligent. So if he didn't guard it, presumably that's negligent. And so he should be liable then back to the owner for being negligent in the watching of his ox. So what is the pshat that he doesn't have to pay, the Shomar doesn't have to pay the owner? Amri says, what is the case? The case is he guarded the ox with a, a, a basic guarding. He didn't guard it with a superior guarding. The basic, not a high level. He did it under a good enough shmir that with normal conditions, it wouldn't have been able to escape, but he didn't, he didn't do guarding against something which would be unexpected. So there was a door that he put it behind, a normal wind wouldn't blow it down, an abnormal wind would, <coughs> would blow it down. So what's the halacha? So if he's only a shomer chinam, so kosel shmir, that's, that's enough. He did enough. He's not expected to do, to do more than that. In other words, it's not on the level of Shia. As long as he did a basic Shemira, you can't say he was pushing. You can't say he was negligent. However, Hanach, the other Shemira, local Shemira also, and they haven't satisfied their Chia. For them, they have to do more. They don't just do a basic level of Shemira. They have to do more, and therefore, just as they're Chayv, even when they're not Pashiach, but let's say, for example, Geneva Vaveda, so to here, they would be liable back to the owner. Says the Gemara Amri. Come on, whose opinion is the price going? Like, Ramayr, if we go like Ramayr, so now we're getting into a new thing here. How much guarding do you have to do for an animal that's a muad? And the question being, if it does damage, what and you did a basic level of, 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 of guarding, do you pay? Ramayr says that lesser guarding is insufficient for a muad. So when the case is that if the ox is a muad, the shomim are paying, so then obviously what's the case? The case has to be that they didn't do that. So to know it's the point that we're getting at. It would <clears throat> if that we're going if we're going like Rameir that a, a shmir pusa is not good for a muad. So now we like the fact that if the ox is a muad, the owner will the the shomer has to pay. Makes sense because you need a shmir mula. Basic shmir doesn't work. But our problem is is that we're going to run into a different problem because what is the status of a socher? Rameir holds that a socher a rented a renter is like a shomer chinam. This machlok is always is a, is a socher treating halacha like a shomer chinam or shosacher. Now, the, the opinion of our mayor is that it's a shomer, a socher is like a shomer chinam. If so, listening close to shomer chinam a socher, then the bride should have said, not only is the shomer chinam potter, the socher is also potter. So it must be, we're not going like our mayor. Vik rebu, that's what we follow, rebu, that's what we follow, rebu, that's what we follow, But then the problem is, all of the people should be part in regard to Kofar because Rabbi Yudah's position is that if a person does a shmira, basic shmira on an ox, which is muad, and then you don't have to do, you don't have to do more. Basic shmir suffices. So they don't have to pay. They shouldn't have to pay if, it, if they did a basic guarding and it, and it um, if there was a basic guarding and it went out and did damage. They did what's good enough. So what, what is the case? holds, not like reviews, not even like Rameh. He holds that you have to do, like, mom kill the ox if it's a muad. There's absolutely no way you can possibly guard guard a muad. Well, the only thing you can do, the way you can guard it is by killing it with a knife. So according to him, 
obviously, if they if, if, uh, if they did it a basic level of shmirah and it did damage, they're still liable. I was socher. Lenyan socher. Kol Rabbi Yudah. In regards to the issue of socher, he holds like Rabbi Yudah. Socher is kenosi socher damis. I'm not. That's the case here. They did a basic level of shmirah, not the higher level. So the shomer chinam. So they're all liable for the damages, but in terms of paying back for the owner, so so we're going to say the shomer chinam is off the hook, but everyone else is liable, and they hold that in a socher is like kenosi socher. Abayim alone like Rameir. We're going like Rameir. Mu'a needs a superior guarding, so it's good that the shomer liable for a kofar where they did a lesser guarding. But what's the vart? About the socher, why didn't it say socher? We got the gears wrong about whose opinion is which. There was a switch that really was supposed to happen. Socher gives Misham. How does the renter? How does he pay? We switch it. Remeir is the one who says it's a socher. Previously, we've been assuming Remeir holds the socher like a shemachinim, and Rabbi Yudah holds that it's a socher socher. Now we flip it around, and now it actually ends up totally consistent. So that's the case. These these shomrim. Did a basic level of shmirah, but not a superior a superior level of shmirah. Therefore, the, and then this muad ox they're high to pay for the kofar. And now, in terms of the liability to the owner, so shomer chinam he did enough, but the rest of them um, are still liable back to the owner. Amar Abelazar, Masar Shor Shomer Chinam. Someone gives his ox to an unpaid Shomer. So what's the halacha? Hizik, if the ox damages other people, chai, the Shomer is liable. Who's ox? So it was damaged by other people, Potter. The Shomer is Potter. He doesn't have to reimburse the owner. What's the pshat in this dichotomy? Amri Yechidami, Idiki, Allah Shomer is Nizaka for the owner. If the Shomer is accepting about himself responsibility for eclopic damages, I feel like Nami Chayev. And even if it was damaged by others, he should be liable back to the owner. Because we should assume that he was accepting responsibility. In the case that he did not accept responsibility for damages, he stipulated he wouldn't be liable or something like that. He'd be potter if it damaged others. What's the case? Why is he high if it damaged others, but he is uh, but he's potter if it was damaged by others? He did accept him. He didn't explicitly absolve him here. But it was very clear that there was something that it gored in the past. We knew that it gored in the past. It was something about it that was like that. It's some of the mills of the laws of Yomazakrinikabala. So therefore the assumption is that 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 that, that the owner knows about that the uh, Shomer knows about this. So he understands if the guy's giving it to me, he's giving it to me to protect that it won't go and gore others. But that others won't come and damage it. It doesn't enter his mind, and therefore he didn't accept responsibility for that eventuality. In other words, since it accord others in the past, his assumption is Rashi explains that all the other animals are afraid of it. So he says to myself, if this is a goring animal, all I have to watch out for is that it's not going to gore others. But I don't have to watch out for that others are not going to gore it. So therefore, he never accepted upon himself responsibility to protect it from the damage that others would do to it. He only accepted responsibility from it doing damages to others. That's a very unique niche case. But in a normal case, we assume, yeah, you accept that responsibility goes both ways. He'd be responsible if it gore others, and he'd be responsible back to the owner if others were, were to gore it. Okay, continues the Mishnah. Sharo but I love the Moser. If the owner ties up an ox with a rain, or he locks the gate in a proper in a proper way, it can withstand the normal wind. was able to get out and does damage. This holds basic shmir is not enough. You need a superior sense of shmir. So even though you lock the door, um, but 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 if it could blow down with 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 an abnormal wind or something like that, that's not good enough. That is Rameir's opinion, both for a Tom and a Muad. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Tom Chayv, if the owner, if, if the animal is a Tom, the owner is liable. Muad, but if it's a Muad, Potter, Shnemer, Velo Yishmerenu, Bailev, it says Velo Yishmerenu, 
by love, and that's that's expounded to say that as long as it was done in a basic shmir of a shamer who's at once it's guarded, you're potter. So it's obviously counterintuitive. It seems backwards that you're more liable if something happens to it with, with, with the tam than with the muad. With the muad, a basic shmir potters you. With the tam, a basic shmir, you're so high if something happens. It seems like it's backwards. So the Gemara will elaborate upon this. Says, once an animal is a muad, the only thing you can do is slaughter it. So even if you guard it in a superior way and it does damage, you are still liable. So it comes up three opinions. From Mayor Holds, if you did a basic level, not a higher level, so you're high both the time and muad. Rabbi Yehuda holds you're in the high if it was a time, but your potter was a muad. And Rabbi Lazar holds if it's a muad, muad, if anything whatsoever happens, you're always liable. The only thing, the only way to guard a muad is to kill it. My time is Rabbi What's up, Shadrach Mayor? Because I was talking about Rabbi Chazik Shimar Kaimi. Most oxen are not guarded, meaning average people don't guard an ox at all. Meaning the assumption is, before the Torah says anything, that people weren't necessarily watching their oxen. Under such conditions where people didn't watch, the Torah says that the Tom is liable. You need the Shmira Pechusa. So the point that the Torah is saying is, is, is that the Torah must be obligating us to do more than an average owner who doesn't watch your animal at all. The assumption is the Torah is coming to say, no, watch your animal. Do more than the normal. So if the norm is not to watch at all, so the Torah is saying that if you did, um, the Torah is saying that you need a basic level of shmirah, and if you didn't watch at all, you're going to be chayav. But then, other rachman of leishmir got muad. Then there was an extra positive leishmir by muad. Do you buy leishmir muad? Saying you need even more. And you make these erushava comparing the going of a tam to going of a muad. So basically, it goes in two steps. We assume people don't watch at all. Says the Torah, Tom is chayav. From there, you see you have to you have to do a basic guarding. But then the Torah says leishmir by muad. He's just you need more of a guarding. You need a superior guarding. Then we make this erushava between the two. So both tam and muad, you're chayav unless the superior guarding was done. Rebuda says Tom shavah chazik no, people generally watch their ox, their oxen on a lesser guarding. And the Torah still came and said, Tam l'chayv, under such normal conditions where presumably it was watched minimally, the Torah still says, Amar Achman Tam Shalim. So what do we see? What's the Torah telling us? You need a superior level of guarding. Whereas we always assume that the chiv is where you did what people normally do. So according to our view that people normally do a, a basic level, Subshad is your chayv for a time, even though you did the basic level, because that's before the Torah is showing you need a, a superior level. But then all the rachman of muad. So what's that teaching me? Actually, you need even more superior guarding. But the Torah, I already know that from Tom. I know you need superior guarding. So if you read by Achor and Reboy, this was what uh, of the way that we expound the Torah. When the Torah says a Reboy after the Reboy in Reboy it actually ends up limiting to what we said before. So we, the, the way we doctrine, the Torah is limiting the superior guarding of the Muadzaks. It's actually coming to say, according to Rabbi Yudah, that the, only the Tam needs the superior guarding, but for Muad, the best, lesser level is enough. Maybe you're going to say, hey, but isn't there a Xerah Shava? So why don't we say that the, <coughs> that once we learn the Rebbe me a Reboy, and the basic level suffices for Muad, it should suffice for Tam also. I see the Lashon in the Tarvalei Shmernu. He didn't guard it. It only applies to the Muad, but not to the Tam. So so the Rebbe Acher, Reboy, Remeir, comes to say that basic Shmir works, but we say only for this one, for the Muad, but not for the Tam. Says my boy, little lav. Don't we need it for the lav? So what is the Gemara coming to say? It's just coming to say that the Muad, if a Muad is not watched, with the superior guarding, it's liable. So basically what we're saying is that the Pasuk is necessary to teach us uh, the basic halacha here of a, of, of a muad. So how do you know that it's coming to make a riboy achar riboy and say you don't need a, you don't need, you don't need a shmir ma'ula? Maybe it's just saying that it's coming to tell me and how much, how much shmira 
the 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 mua needs, and we're saying not like Rabbi Lazar that you know you have to kill it. It's just saying that you have to do a superior shmir, but no more. Maybe that's what the pasuk is saying. Not a rebut. Mar says in Kain after Chana Yishmar, my Velo Yishmar, and new Lazevelo Laacher. So therefore, we dash in both points. After all is said and done, we we conclude Riboy Acher Riboy and Rabbi Yehuda. The mua does not need uh, the shmir the shmir the the shmir meula as long as it is shmir pchusa you are potter. Says the Gemara, Tanya, Reb Lazar Yaakov, Amar Chatav Achamosh Shemar Shmir Pachusa Patzer. Now we got a fourth opinion. Reb Lazar Yaakov holds if it was guarded, but whether it was time or more, if you did a less regarding, you're exempt. My time, I'll sorry for you. Doesn't have more to be Shmir Pachusa's eye. Also, like Reb Yudah, that a less regarding suffices with the Muad. Following the Yichlat Tam and Yichlat Muad, he expounds Xerah Shavu that we do learn Tam from Muad as well. But now the Gemara explains because it's really a very hard thing about Reb Yudah. The very hard thing about Reb Yudah is that how can you be more liable on a Tam than a Muad? So in order, in order to understand this, the Gemara really modifies the whole review. The was only absolving you with a less regarding from the extra muad portion of the Hatz. The Tom portion remains in the place. So meaning it must be reviewed as a new Shita. When it becomes a muad, you pay Nezek Shalim. Nezek Shalim is not a new payment. It's an additional 50%. The Tom, you always pay for the Tom. And that's why it makes sense. If you did a Shmir Pusa, you're still going to pay for the, for the 50% the same way you would have paid when it was a Tom. It's all in regard to the extra 50%. Paying out some Muad, that's where Rebuda says you only pay for that if you didn't do a Shmir at all. But if you did a basic Shmir, you'd be Pater. Now we can make sense of Rebuda. It's not, it's not backwards. You're not more liable for a Tom than a Muad by a Muad. Also, you are liable if you did a Shmir Pusa, just only on the 50% of the Tomos that remains in its place. So the Maizah, we get this other concept out there that paying for Muad is really paying for Tom, but then also paying another 50%. Amar Rav, Muad the Karen Yamin, Inu Muad the Karen Small. A Muad that uh, a Muad for one, one horn is not a Muad for the other horn here. So what does this mean? If it goes three times with the right horn, it begets a status only for future glories that are done with that uh, horn, but it wouldn't be a Muad for, for the other ones. Now, Pasha, you would say, like, the best, the basic Chiddush of Rav here is just to tell you that if it's done with the left horn, it's not a Muad, you only pay Chatzin Nezek. However, we assume that this is totally Pasha. You know, we said back on the Mishnah of Muhammad Zayin, even if it's a Muad, a Muad for people, it's not a Muad for animals. Certainly, if it only goes with the right horn, which is the stronger side, it's not going to be a Muad with his left horn. With his left horn. So Rav must be telling us something else. He's not just coming to tell us that if it goes now with the left horn, you pay Chatzin Nezek. Must be... That he's coming to tell you about the level of guarding which is required for the horns, and he's coming to tell you that they're different. He became a moor for the right one and not for the left one, so you have to guard them differently. I'm a Libra Demand. He lived our mayor at the same level. According to our mayor, both the time and the moor need superior guarding, so it would make no difference. He'll leave it to review. It must be your following review, though. Review, this view is that a basic shmira suffices for the moor one. My ear, Karen Small, why are you saying the left one? I feel like I'm even gorings that are done with the right horn also have the same liability because the right horn also has the tom portion and the muad portion. So why do you have to go to the left horn if it's true that Rebuta holds so, so, so it's going to come out the same thing. Even if it cord with the right one, if a basic shmir was done, you're still going to be Pachai of the fifty percent of the tamas and pater an extra. So what's the difference if it did with the with the if if it did a basic shmir? There's no difference if it did it with the left horn or the right horn because even if it did it with the right horn, the fifty percent of the tzad tamas. If it's true that review also with tzad tamas from komo medas, so you're still going to pay. 
and the elamai, the extra fifty percent. Okay, so you won't pay, but that has nothing to do with the with the whether it did it on the left horn or the right horn. Now, so the Gemara says, "I'm alone." Rebuta v'lo serve the Gemara about Rava. You're right. He disagrees with Rava. He doesn't hold that Tzad Tamis will come out of He holds that Muad is like a new slate, and you and you pay hundred percent only out Muad. So that's what he's saying. In this case, where there's a right horn and a left horn, that's a single ox that has a, a Tam and a Muad part. And we're going to say, if you go with the left horn, you pay Chatzin. As you pay with the right horn, you're going to pay full damages. The Chule, and it will be a difference in the level of Shmir. And if it did it with the right one, he did a basic shmir, you're totally positive. However, in general, in a regular, normal case, regular payments, there's no scenario where Tzad Thomas is from Komo Medes. That's goofy what he's coming to bring out is he doesn't hold like that lambdas. He holds that Thomas is not from Komo Medes. So an animal with two horns, one is a mood, one not there, and one animal you'll have. You'll have the one one part being time, one part being what. But in general, there's no concept of Sat Thompson Kalam So we're coming out there really it's a machlok, it's a moram, how to understand Rebuda Shita. Rebuda Shita is definitely that mu'a the basic shmir suffices, but does that mean I still pay half of the time or not? That is a machlokis here in the Amaram.